All right. Uh, hello, everyone. It's good to see everyone. Hope everyone's doing okay. Can I just get everyone to wave to the screen so I don't know if everyone's listening? Yeah, you guys can hear me. Awesome. Um, as you can see, I've been given the uh, joy and privilege of sharing with you guys today. And I'm really glad that I get to share uh, because I get to give Pastor Paul a break, a uh, well-deserved break. And there's actually something that's been on my heart and mind for quite some time. And I want to share that with you guys today. And that is the topic of uh, rest. Topic of rest. Uh, you know, studies show that we live in one of the, um, if not the most busiest times ever. Um, and there are many reasons for this. Uh, money has never been so good as it is today. Therefore, we are greedier than ever. You know, there's so many things we can buy and we can want and have. Um, technology has never been so good as it is today. So, um, you know, it makes it impossible for us to get away from work, right? Like, I mean, this COVID period has been a, an example of that. We can never escape from work because work can always reach us through technology. Um, we can never really have privacy because, you know, you know, our lives are so shared through technology. Um, insecurity has never been so high as it is today. Uh, what we do, what we have, who we are, um, how much we make uh, is, you know, has never been more important as it is today. Comparison is so strong nowadays. You know, what kids are, or school our kids go to, what car we drive, you know, what kind of clothes we wear, I don't know. And so the psychological and emotional pressures that we experience and stress that we uh, feel um, is really high. And so we live in a really restless time. And even when we do rest, um, we don't rest well. Uh, we don't rest well. Uh, we often consider rest as something that we need to do in order to work better or work harder later, right? It's a means to an end, right? We don't prioritize rest. And we think this because in modern day society, uh, we think of rest as the opposite of productivity. Uh, rather, it's a functional necessity that serves a higher purpose, which is to, you know, live my life. Right? And it kind of gets in the way. I'm sure some of you have, have thought this or said this before. I wish I didn't have to sleep. You know, I'd get so much done. Uh, and that is because we consider rest as the opposite of productivity. And so I want to ask you guys today, how important is rest to you? Uh, to take a step away from all the craziness of life and just enjoy the world and just enjoy the people around you and enjoy your life and enjoy your blessings. How important is that activity or um, yeah, that action to you today. And, you know, many of you may be thinking, Peter, I don't have time for rest. You know, there's just so many things I need to do. I don't have time for rest. But what if I told you that not only is rest good for us as humans physically, but it is actually necessary for us as Christians spiritually. Uh, and that if we're not resting and we're not resting well, that perhaps it is because uh, we, are, we are committed to serving something that is not God. And to put it more bluntly, that we are a slave to something that is not God whether that be your job, uh, your finances, your kids, your reputation, your pleasure, your security. And don't get me wrong, the sanctity of rest that I want to talk about today in no way undervalues the importance, uh, the responsibility and dignity of the work that we need to do and the work that we are called to do by God as parents, as workers, as students, and as Christians. I'm not condoning and encouraging laziness today. But I think we often undervalue the importance that rest plays in our lives as Christians. And as a result, we become too busy for our good. And we become so busy that it takes away from our allegiance and commitment to living for and loving God, the very heart of what makes us Christians. You know, at this church, we have so many uh, young families with babies. And I feel like I've been learning so much about kids these days. Uh, half of my growth group time is just talking about kids and I love it, right? And one of the most interesting and shocking things that I learned about kids is that you need to teach kids how to sleep. 
I was so shocked when I heard this because sleeping in my mind is literally the easiest thing to do, right? You just need, it takes no skill, right? You just need to um, stop being awake and, and sleep and rest, right? Um, and yet babies need to be taught how to, and trained how to sleep, right? Even though it's good for them, they need to be trained how to sleep because otherwise it'll affect their health, it'll affect their growth, and it'll drive their parents crazy. And I realized it's actually quite the same for us as Christians today. We need to learn how to rest. Uh, we need to be trained how to rest. It doesn't come naturally to us. We don't do it well. We need to learn and practice how to rest for the sake of our spiritual health and for the sake of our spiritual growth and for the sake of honoring our Father God. We need to practice resting because as we'll hopefully see together today, rest is um, a good thing. It's a good thing for the Christian. Now, because I'm not an expert on this topic, nor do I do it well, most of my material has come from three main sources. I just wanted to share that with you guys before I begin, um, so you guys can have a read in your own time. Um, Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. I'm sure many of you guys have read that. Zeal Without Burnout by Christopher Ash and Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. Uh, these are the three kind of main sources that I went through to uh, look into this topic. And so if you're curious to learn more, I encourage you guys to have a look at these books. Um, there's actually a section in Crazy Busy about parenting as well, about the pressures of being a perfect parent and the busyness that comes with being a parent and how to do you know, Christianity and our faith well in and through that. And so if that interests you, I encourage you guys to have a look at that. But to summarize, I have two points that I want to talk about today. And the first is the purpose of resting. And the second is the practice of resting. And I hope we can apply some of these, some of these things after today. So firstly, what is the purpose of rest for the Christian? Why? Uh, do we rest as Christians? And there are a few reasons for this. And the first is that it is a celebration of our design. To rest is a celebration of our design. As God's created people in God's created world, it is our design to be people that rest. You know, from the opening chapters of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see God working, right? He's working to create the entire world. And then we see him on the seventh day, Resting, he rests, right? In Genesis chapter two, verse one to three, it says, thus the heavens and the earth was finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and he, that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, why did God rest here? Was it because he was tired, right? Was it because he needed a break? No, of course not, right? He's God. He doesn't get tired. What he's doing here when he rests on the seventh day after working for the six days is he is establishing for us, right, his creation. He's establishing for this world a clear pattern of work and rest, that it is God's created order, right? It is his design for our world to work and then to rest. Christopher Ash in his book calls this, the, calls this God's rhythm for our lives. God's rhythm for our lives. He's creating the rhythm that needs to exist for our lives. You see, it's not necessarily important why God rested, but it's important that we know that he did, in fact, rest. And not only that, he, the Bible says that he made this day holy. He set it apart, right? Bruce Walke, a uh, famous American professor, says this. He says, the seventh day is the first thing to be hallowed in Scripture, to be made holy to acquire that special status that properly belongs to God alone. In this way, Genesis emphasizes the sacredness of the Sabbath or the rest day. You know, when we think of rest, we think of it just as a simple means of recovering from being tired and being exhausted. And, and that's true. 
Uh, but what we learn from the opening chapters of the Bible here is that to rest is actually uh, more than that. It is to imitate God and it is to honor his created order and enjoy his design for us as his creation. To work and then to rest, it is God's kind of recipe for our lives and to honor the recipe, to honor the creator is to do as the recipe says. It is a celebration of our design. And I think to make it easy for us, even though God didn't need rest, he actually created us to physically need rest and sleep so that we might understand the importance of resting. We need to have rest or we have to rest. It's a part of who we are. We can't go without it. That's why when we don't rest, we suffer physically, mentally, emotionally, and relationally, right? There is a, a cost that needs to be paid. Why? We get, why? Because we need rest. We get edgy and, and we turn unnecessarily volatile when we don't rest. We get physically weak and we get sick when we don't rest because we have been made to rest. It's in our creation order. So I want us to appreciate here together that rest is not just a luxury as we often like to think of it. It is our design. And so it is our worship as we honor God, as we honor God's design for us, his creation to rest. It's not a matter of if I have time or rest. Uh, no, it's a matter of making time to rest. And when I say that, I'm not necessarily saying you need to take a day off or half a day off or anything like that. Sometimes it just means slowing down and just taking a quick breath to think and to rest your mind. But it is in our design, right, to rest. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 9 to 11, uh, it's the fourth commandment of God is this. It says, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Now, of course, we don't strictly follow the Ten Commandments anymore today because of what Christ has done in fulfilling uh, the law. However, the principles of God's laws and his desires and his design for us has never changed. So this call for us as Christians to have the rhythm of work and rest in our lives it still exists. It is good and it is healthy for us. So, so church, we need rest. It is our worship and it is a celebration of our design and it honors our designer, God. That's why we rest. Secondly, the purpose of rest it is, is that it is a demonstration of our trust. Demonstration of our trust. Tim Keller says this, to practice Sabbath is a disciplined and faithful way to remember that you are not the one who keeps the world running who provides for your family, not even the one who keeps your work projects moving forward. How easy to fall prey to the temptation to believe that we alone are holding up our corner of creation. Why is rest so difficult? Why won't many of us rest or rest well or rest properly? Well, because we feel guilty, right? It feels like a waste of time. We could be doing other things, more productive. Or we're too proud, right? My life won't run properly if I don't you know, run it like this. And you see, there's nothing wrong with working hard to provide for our families and living well to provide for our families, to keep a job, to honor our employers, to succeed and bring excellence and therefore find a sense of achievement and joy. That is actually God's design for our work. And he calls us to work like this and work hard like this. But the problem arises when underlying these good intentions for work and productivity is the prideful belief that I am more trustworthy for my life than God or the sinful belief that my glory is more important than God's. 
You see, underneath what may appear to be a harmless passion and ambition to succeed in life and to be comfortable in life and to be happy in life may be the rejection of God in our lives and his grace and his provision that he offers to us. And again, I'm not condoning laziness here. Just because we do nothing and play a lot doesn't mean that we are trusting God heaps, right? That's, that's not true. That's a cop-out. Don't say that. But to intentionally rest and to take a break, right, um, from our ambition to live a great life, to take a step back from our ambition to build this amazing life and actually enjoy the beauties of this world and the gifts that God has given to us in our lives, to the people that he's placed in our lives, that, that is to truly trust in God. That is a demonstration of our faith in his faithfulness. And it is a humble acceptance that I am not God and he is. So I invite you guys today to reflect and think about it. Honestly, who do you trust more for your life today? Yourself or God? If somebody else were to look at your life from the outside, who would they say you are trusting more for your life? Yourself or God? And I think how much we rest and how much we prioritize good intentional rest in our lives may be an answer to this question. And perhaps you are so filled with worry and doubt that you can't spend a solid amount of time to take a break and simply enjoy the blessings in your life. If that is you, then perhaps you do not depend on God today. Because you see, to rest is the humble sign of our trust in God. And I think it's something that many of us need to practice doing more, which feels funny to say, but it's true. Some of us need to practice resting more so that it might humble us and you remind us of our place before God. Of course, there is wisdom to this. Uh, we can't just rest when our house is on fire, right? We can't rest when our kids are crying, right? We can't rest when there are things to be done. But often I think our busyness is self-inflicted. After our responsibilities are fulfilled and the work that we need to do is done, we often look for more things to do and we make more work for ourselves because of our thirst to be in control over our lives. But hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 25 to 33. And I love this. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or sow away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Friends, this is a promise. And it is a beautiful promise. That if we trust in him and run after him and prioritize his glory in our lives, he will take care of us. Do we trust in this promise? Uh, will you trust in this promise? If so, then I encourage you to find rest, to practice rest in this promise, to rest as a discipline that we might stay humble before our God who is working for our lives. And I think this is another reason that God has created us as humans to sleep, to need sleep. It's funny to think that almost a third of our lives, we are sleeping, right? We are vulnerable and we are helpless. And I think that shows us how much we really need God and how little control we really have over our own lives, despite how strong we think we are. Christians, we need to rest because depending on ourselves gets so tiring and it's disappointing. 
but letting go and letting God uh, truly is a liberating experience. So let us practice rest together. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, the purpose of rest is that it is a proclamation of our redemption, proclamation of our redemption. In Deuteronomy 5.15, God says to his people this, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Here, God uses the Sabbath day as a reminder to his people that you were once slaves without freedom, without choice, and without rest. Right? You had to work all the days of your life in Egypt, but I have redeemed you and you are now free from that. So rest because you can and enjoy it because you can celebrate it and revel in it because you can. You see, God here commands his people to rest as a reminder of their freedom, to proclaim through their rest that they are no longer slaves like they used to be. Again, Tim Keller says this, anyone who cannot obey God's command to observe the Sabbath is a slave, even a self-imposed one. Your own heart or our materialistic culture or an exploitative organization or all the above will be abusing you if you don't have the ability to be disciplined in your practice of Sabbath. Sabbath is therefore a declaration of our freedom. It means you're not a slave, not to your culture's expectations, your family's hopes, your medical school's demands, not even to your own insecurities. It is hard to find rest in life if this life is all we have. Because no matter how hard we work, or how much we gain, there is no end. And I'm sure many of you guys can testify to this. There is no real satisfaction or security in this world. We will just never have enough. That is why in um, Isaiah 57, 20, 21, the Bible says there is no rest, there is no peace for the wicked because they are stuck in this world's cruel slavery to wealth, to health, to pleasure, to popularity, prestige, and glory, only to be met with the dismal end of eternal suffering and hell. And yet you and I, we live in the same world that imposes the same slavery upon us, but we can find joy and we can find rest in this life because we know in Christ, we are ultimately free from that life. And we have a glorious end to look forward to in God's kingdom, no matter how tough this life may get. And so to rest in this life, is to taste a glimpse of the eternal rest to be enjoyed, to be, to be reminded of the perfect uninterrupted rest that we will receive one day and to declare to myself and to declare to the world around me that I am free in Christ and bound for glory and nothing can take that away from me. I love this, Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life no angels, no rulers, no things present, no things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And that is why Jesus invites us today in the midst of our busy work periods, in the midst of our crazy parenting lives, in the midst of our mourning, in the midst of our loneliness, in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of our weaknesses, Matthew eleven twenty eight to come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. For there is a deep rest in the gospel that just cannot be found in this world for everyone. Our friends, rest is not necessarily having lots of time off. Um, I know many of us can't afford that. 
Uh, but true rest begins by understanding our place before God and um, trusting in his promises to us and ultimately placing our hope in the finished work of the gospel. True rest uh, is found when we are able to take our eyes off ourselves and our works, or lack thereof perhaps, and place it on him and his finished works of salvation in Jesus Christ. And if we're able to do this and, and, and we, get a, we gain a better perspective, then we won't be so greedy in our lives. And we won't be so proud. And we'll actually find that we don't need to be as busy as we often make ourselves. And in that, I think we'll find a deeper joy we'll be able to enjoy in our lives. Because our identity, our security, and our hope will be found in Christ alone. And as we realize that, we'll actually find time to rest and enjoy life that God has given to us. Rather than to be so stressed and consumed by it. Again, I'm not encouraging us or wanting our church to be a lazy church or a church that doesn't work hard, doesn't work well. I simply think um, if we are a church that truly understands and believes the gospel and holds the gospel promise close to our hearts, then we would be a church that is able to rest well and enjoy rest and enjoy this world. You know, if I've learned anything as I've read and researched for this talk is that rest is really important for the Christian. Uh, and it actually helps us grow in godliness. And it takes discipline to rest well, and we need to rest consistently. So I want to encourage us. Let us be a people that rest. Church, rest. So then what does that look like, right? How, do, how should we rest, and how can we rest better? And let's close as we talk about some of the practices of rest. Um, so believe it or not, uh, Christian rest doesn't necessarily mean we need to read the Bible and pray all the time. Um, no, I am a Christian and I can say that that doesn't sound all that restful or enjoyable for me, right? There is a time and place to be for deeper meditation and study and prayer. But here are some practical tips that I found in my readings about the practice of resting. And they're really, really simple and really, really obvious. But this is literally what the, the scholars said. I'm like researching and this is what they're saying. So I'm just regurgitating it to you. So to rest well, firstly, we need to learn to rest more. You know, uh, two of the three books that I read for this talk um, had entire sections talking about how we simply need to sleep more in our lives. If we slept more and slept deeper, right, uh, then we'd be less cranky and we'd be less tired during the day and we'd be able to achieve uh, more for the glory of God. Um, we often think that to forego sleep or to skip sleep, right, we think we're buying time or gaining time for ourselves. But actually what's happening is we're borrowing time. And we will pay for that borrowing, that borrowed time in one way or another, whether it's physically, emotionally, or relationally. So we need to learn to uh, sleep more. And I think for me personally, that just means to put the phone down when I lay down in bed. I think I'm, I spend way too much time on my phone and it just keeps me up. And also another, another way to rest more. And again, this sounds super obvious, but it is to find a hobby. Uh, resting isn't just doing nothing. Right? It's sometimes doing nothing is the worst because our minds are still occupied by the things that we need to do when we get back to work or get back to our responsibilities. I read an article on the Gospel Coalition website that, um, that said that to rest well, we need to find a good hobby that we can enjoy and do it often. Right? That could be sports. It could be some games. It could be fishing, music, reading, cooking. For some people, watching um, documentaries. I don't know. The list is endless. There is a real like, criteria to this. 
obviously in moderation and with wisdom, we need to find a hobby that we can enjoy and, 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 and have fun with and do it often and do it regularly. Pastor Paul, you can play games, right? Because <laughs> I know Pastor Paul loves games. Secondly, um, to rest well, we need to rest differently. Resting shouldn't look the same all the time, right? Depending on the kind of rest we need, sometimes we need active rest uh, as so as to exert energy and stress and relieve stress. Uh, and so we need to do something that's active, right? Sometimes we need to have contemplative rest. So an activity that might help us think and process our thoughts, like going for a walk or something like that. And sometimes we just need an inactive rest, right? Unplanned, unscheduled, just spontaneous time for whatever. Resting isn't just doing nothing, it's recharging and it's recovery. So really, um, we need to really consider, right, what we need, what our hearts need, and we need to rest accordingly, right? You know, when our, our phones die from battery, we don't, we don't just put it down and you know, stop using it and then hope for it to come back to life. Or we need to actively plug it into, you know, the charger and, and, and need to bring back to life, right? And so we need to think about, you know, what it is, uh, what kind of charger, you know, uh, if you will, what we, that we need in our lives to find rest uh, in this season. There is wisdom in that, resting differently. Thirdly, we need to rest intentionally if we want to rest well. Uh, Christopher Ash in his book says that we need to be accountable for our Sabbath time. Right? We need to actively and intentionally inject times of rest into our lives. And we need, to have, we need to have someone that keeps us accountable for that. Tim Keller was preaching about this and he shares about how you know, he was so working so hard and, and tirelessly and not resting that his wife was telling him to rest, telling him to rest, telling him to rest. And he wouldn't rest, right? Because he's so busy, so many, so many things to do. And so one day she came out with a, you know, with a bunch of plates and started breaking them in the house apparently to grab his attention. And he's like, and he's like, what, what are you doing? And then she's like, you promised you'd rest. You need a rest. And it was just her way of like waking him up and, and getting him to rest. We need to, you know, people, people to keep us accountable to rest. I don't think the play thing we all need to do, but to have people around us to check up on us, maybe we ourselves to check up on others, right? On, on, on if they're resting or not, and if they're resting well. Of course, not all seasons will, in our lives will allow for lots and lots of times of rest. But we need to be looking for ways to rest and seeking to make time for rest in our lives. You know, one of the most encouraging things I heard was um, about a church that came together and they saw that their pastor was, um, you know, really tired and their pastor seemed really, really drained. And so they came together and they raised funds and they sent the head pastor and his family on a holiday. He said, hey, go away for three weeks. Don't worry about church. We got you. Go rest. Why? Because they understood the value and the necessity of rest. And I hope that we could do something like that for Pastor Paul one day, but we can't right now. So for now, maybe just send him an encouraging message and affirm him or something like that. I don't know. And remind him to rest and remind each other to rest. Fourthly, uh, we need to learn to rest together. If we're going to rest well, we need to learn to rest together. Maybe for some of us, resting just means being alone and doing nothing, which is fine. But sometimes the best rest can be found in the empathy of others. So um, this means young parents meeting with other young parents to share about the struggles of parenthood, to complain about how much my baby cries and how hard it is, you know, being kept up at night because of the kids. 
right? Or finding someone in a similar profession to you and sharing about life in that workplace and brainstorming how we might be able to steward, you know, uh, our gifts better in that workplace and be a, a salt and light in that workplace. To find people in your age group, to find people that have similar interests to you and to share in that, right? And to talk about that and to enjoy that. I have a group of friends that are pastors that I meet with every now and then. And we just sit and talk about church and ministry and lots of other things. And I, it's a really restful space because I don't really need to explain myself because they understand the stresses of ministry. And, and we just kind of like talk about it. And sometimes we just kind of vent about it. And there is a, a sense of rest in that space, me personally. We need to rest together. And I'm not encouraging exclusive, exclusivity, uh, but rather this is a form of accountability, I think, and really doing community so that we might find rest in the understanding of others. So we need to rest more, we need to rest differently, we need to rest intentionally, and we need to learn to rest together. And finally, and most importantly, we need to learn to rest in Christ, of course. This is the most important thing. The first four things are just some practical things that really mean nothing if we don't truly understand that the heart of rest begins by resting in Christ. Right? If the first four things that we do here are, are driven by laziness or bitterness or a desire to escape, then they're actually more harmful for us than good, perhaps. But if we learn to rest in the knowledge of Christ and the promises that he's made to us in the gospel, then the first four things become powerful tools that keep us humble, keep us healthy, and keep us holy. So church, we need to learn to rest in Christ. And yes, that means praying, and that means reading his word, preaching to ourselves the gospel, and thinking about the promises of the gospel, and remembering that the only person whose eyes we need to prove ourselves to is looking at us today and in Christ is saying, you are loved, you are precious, I have saved you and redeemed you and I'm coming for you to give you eternal rest in my home, in my home in heaven. And I hope as we think about that and as we you know, meditate on that, that that might grant us a deep peace and rest in our lives, even in the midst of, crazy season that we might be going through. And I hope and pray that we might all find and learn to find a deeper rest in our lives uh, today as Christians. Uh, so that's um, all I have for today. Um, I, th these are the two questions, pretty simple, uh, that I, I would encourage you guys to have a chat about. And you guys talk about other things as well. But um, firstly, how important is rest to you? And what do you normally do to rest? Uh, maybe just talk about some of the different ways that people find rest. And number two, what can you practically do? What do you think you can practically, practically do differently uh, to practice rest better in your life? Um, and maybe some of you don't rest well at all. And so that maybe you guys can share about some ways that you are determined to, you know, practice the discipline of rest in your life this week. And so if you guys could break out in your groups um, and share about that, and I think PDK will bring us back.